there's no real PIM functionality to the first point that you made, Robert. So that's a that's a that's a pain in the butt, you know, to manage without some sort of functionality. You'd think that would be here, and it's not mentioned. And there's no individualizing the SKU management based on the different outbound uh, stores that I'm going to use and tailoring it to that related. So that that's really interesting. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. E-commerce business models have grown in complexity exponentially. The channels such as Amazon and Walmart are always modifying their rules and business model. And it's hard for e-commerce brands to keep up with these regulations and have KPIs aligned with the changed regulations. If they are not aligned and measured, the brands may experience significant financial consequences. But most of these e-commerce platforms are targeted at a specific audience that might be on QuickBooks and may have revenue under $5 million. So what challenges can you expect once you grow past $5 million in revenue? In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn who brings significant expertise to discuss Scubana. We discussed their strengths and weaknesses and where they might fit in the e-commerce architecture. Finally, we discussed their exit strategy and market positioning where they are the best fit and where they might struggle. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We have changed the format. So now we are going to be reviewing a vendor or the technology related to e-commerce space. And we always have an expert panel that provides the critical commentary from their experiences. Today, we have a very exciting technology. They are a very fresh startup in the e-commerce space, very popular. A lot of companies use it. It's called Cubana. So we are going to have a lot of interesting debate about the boundaries of the e-commerce versus ERP, where they overlap, what is going to be the right focus, where they are right now overall in their journey. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intro. I am going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and uh, digital transformation consulting firm. And e-commerce is always the heart of everything that we do. Elevate IQ also helps with the system selection, contract negotiation, ERP implementation, uh, e-commerce integration. On that note, I am going to move to Phil for his intro. 
Hi, Sam. Hi, everybody. Phil Kerper with Ringling Business Solutions. We help senior executive teams align their digital transformation plans with their core business practices and their core business strategies. I come to you after several decades in the C-suite, implementing a lot of these platforms. And this one tonight's a very interesting piece of the puzzle. And like Sam said, uh, really interested in discussing it with you tonight. Nice to be here, Sam. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Phil. Robert, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Sure. My name is Robert Brown um, of Robert Brown E-Commerce Consultancy. I've had 20 years experience in the e-commerce world, implementing systems from small to medium-sized business to Fortune 50. And I help organizations just manage their, their digital and e-commerce implementations and focus. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much uh, for being here, Robert. And if you are in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys send your comment. Uh, you know, our panelists are going to be looking at your any of the questions or comments. We'll make sure that we are going to get back to you during the show. If we run out of time, we'll make sure that you are going to receive your answers. On that note, I am going to provide a quick brief in terms of what Iskubana is, where they are positioned in the market, and then we will be taking a little deep dive here on the solution itself. So the way they are positioned in the market, you know, when I read their marketing positioning, their investors positioning, who is really investing in the solution, what has been their journey, how they started, how they evolved over the period of time as a product. It is a very similar story and Phil, uh, you know, we have reviewed a lot of different uh, manufacturing operations platform, and that's a very interesting term in my opinion. And the reason why I find it interesting is because it's all of the term itself implies as if they are probably bigger than ERP, to be honest, in terms of the, the system boundaries. Obviously, the these systems are probably not going to be as big as ERP system because they are designed for a specific purpose. So in this particular case, in my mind, when I look at any of the e-commerce operations platform, my understanding of these platform is going to be they are serving a very specific channel, a revenue channel overall from the e-commerce perspective. But then when you uh, look at the entire architecture, obviously you are going to be relying on some other more sophisticated system that is going to be your ERP system. In the case of Iskubana, okay, they are primarily in the QuickBooks ecosystem. That's what I could gather. I don't know if you guys have done any sort of research and found any other ERP ecosystem, but QuickBooks is the ecosystem that they are primarily present in. I don't know if they are in zero, but I could not see any other sort of ERP system. So my understanding of their play is going to be they are in that, you know, below $5 million e-commerce shops when you are going to be doing a lot of Amazon business. Uh, you know, there are like a million Amazon sellers. Uh, they don't even have their website, to be honest, some of the, the Amazon sellers. So they require, uh, you know, the, the commerce, the operations platform, and they are going to have just one channel. All of their KPIs are going to be aligned probably just with one channel. Yes, they are going to have a lot of functionality related to your e-commerce uh, some overlap with WMS ERP uh, and the ERP itself as well. But for the most part, they are really serving just one channel. So Iskubana has been in the market for roughly what, five, six years, and they have done really well. They have recently exited to a company and I am always interested in knowing, okay, who was the buyer and why did they buy? Did they buy to fill a specific 
hole in their portfolio. And that would speak for their position as we have reviewed some of the other platforms in the ERP or e-commerce space. So I would pause there, Phil, if you have, uh, or Robert, if you guys have any any sort of comments overall from the briefing perspective. And I don't know uh, if uh, we need to cover anything else overall from the briefing perspective or we need to dig into the details. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first here, Sam. I think the term platform is really interesting when it comes to this particular technology. And and is it is it a consolidation technology that's giving you vision, you know, that's giving you access to yeah. information in one spot, or is it a control technology that's having you control what's going on in your business? And I think that's the, you know, Robert may have some opinions on that. I look at this as a technology that allows me access to see a lot of things that are going on in my business and maybe some control and management. When you get into ERP, now you're really controlling process flow. You're really controlling your business. You're really involved in what's going on. And I'm not sure that these types, not just this particular solution, but these types of platforms, I'm not sure that's really where their strength is. I think their strength is giving you one place that you can really have good visibility on what's going on in the business. Robert, maybe you have kind of a comment on a high level. Is this a platform or is this kind of an add-on that allows you to see what's going on or does it allow you to control what's going on? Um, th that's a great question. I think this is more of uh, providing you access. It's it's giving you access to more platforms, allowing you to kind of see what's going on because as you're starting up in the size of the companies that are here, they're resource limited. So they don't have the people necessary to throw at an initiative that a larger company would and this will help them facilitate that. And then the other thing I would add to that, Sam, is they 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 are relatively young. And if you look at their app store, for example, or you look at their partners, for example, it's relatively limited when you compare it to maybe Webgility or the other the other software platforms that are out there kind of in this space that are more mature and maybe have more partnerships. So so it it's it I think that goes to what Robert just said is this is probably a little bit more for smaller, you know, SME or 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 startup businesses that don't have a lot of uh human resource that are looking for something just to make the access easier and to get really moving forward with their e-commerce strategy. Okay, so amazing points there, guys. And there are a lot of different layers, and that I want to make sure that we clarify those. So one of the things that you guys mentioned about this notion of platform, right? So when I think of the platform overall from the enterprise architecture perspective, in my mind, that is going to be slightly more technical platform. I, when I think of the platform, I am thinking of, you know, you are Microsoft Azure or you are some sort of ITAS that is doing a lot of technical duties. You are trying to enable something for the business. That's how I think of the platform. The other layer that we have in the discussion is going to be the access comment that you, you mentioned. So when I think of the access in the architecture, I am always thinking that, okay, are you a Power BI now? When you say access, what does access mean? Access would mean that the, your, uh, the, the actual data store is going to be some of your transaction systems that are going to be your e-commerce, that's going to be your ERP, that's going to be your WMS that are processing your transaction. And then you might require some tool to be able to study, to be able to access data. So now are they playing in that? space they are not okay so in the enterprise architecture when we look at how many systems a company typically requires so you are going to have any erp you are going to have e-commerce if you are a retail shop you are probably going to need a pos you are probably going to need a wms 
you are probably going to need a BI tool. Uh, so these are some of the tools that we have in the architecture. Now, the question is, where do these guys fit? Okay, when they say e-commerce uh, operation platform, my understanding of them is going to be, okay, you are e-commerce. That's how I would visualize them. And then do you have enough boundaries set out for yourself so that let's say if I am trying to design my architecture, can I fit you in, in that e-commerce boundary? Or are you going to extend your boundary? If you are going to extend, then what is going to be my, my architectural hygiene? It's always, I. that's what I think of. I don't know if you guys are going to have any follow-up comments, but that's how I would think about them. Well, and maybe, you know, and this is this this issue of platform is a really interesting conversation because it's it's one of those terms that's used in a variety of ways. But maybe a, a way, Sam, I'd be interested in your opinion. Is it a source of truth to data? Does data actually live there? And is it a source where you're actually doing transactions? Do transactions actually happen in that particular piece of software? I would say if those two things are no's, then you can't say it's a platform. And I would say in this particular case, data is really not living there. It's You're pulling it in, but is it source of truth? From my understanding, I would be happy to be challenged. I don't think it's a source of truth of data. I think it's an access platform that makes it easier for you to manage the e-commerce front end of your business. We're trying to draw a kind of circle around where does this particular yeah. software live in the tech stack, in the architecture of a business? And, and you know, that that's a $64 question. And that's where you really have to have the right people asking the right questions. So when I take a look at um, unfortunately, I haven't had a conversation, a deep conversation with their implementation specialist or their, their sales rep. So I, I have not been able to ask them those detailed questions. I can only go by what I see. When you go to their app store, some of the apps listed are Bazooka Warehouse and I, 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 another WMS, RF Warehouse, SKU Vault. So uh, SKU Vault, I know, works specifically with Zentail. So with when you look at their their app marketplace, you know, they're listing WMS. So that's telling me that if SkewVault I is is a WMS system. So if they're listing them, then that's saying that they offer that functionality, but maybe they're not as deep as SkewVault. And when they're talking about they provide a connection to all the marketplaces that you want to sell and all the warehouses that you want to, that's reinforcing what you were saying, Phil, in terms of this is just a place for you to bring all that information together. Right. And manage it, which is very valuable, especially yeah. if you're, you know, if you're sitting there with, with all these disparate systems and, and all these different screens where you can pull it together. And one other thing in that same category uh, is is that it, uh, they mentioned Shopify? Shopify also lists them as an app. Yep. So so there are there you know so there's one that that also kind of focuses you on where they're placing their focus in the marketplace of Shopify customers that are looking to consolidate their backend, if you will, of being able to see what's happening with their e-commerce sales and inventory flows and those types of things and get access and information in a common in a common spot. And again, I almost use the word platform, but in a common spot. Yeah, it's kind of interesting some some of the apps that they have listed here. So they, they have the shipping apps like ShipFusion and ShipMonk. They also have the the customer service apps like Zendesk and Edesk. Yep. So, that. yep. so you know, I th I think, you know, they're trying to pull in an awful lot. But how how effective that is, I can't speak to. Right. Yeah. So Sam, so we'll let you we'll let you take back over here. 
Yeah, so some quick comments, guys, uh, you know, based on what you guys were uh, talking about. So they are definitely going to be source of truth, Phil, based on your comment. Now, the question is going to be, okay, how long can you afford to have them as source of truth? Okay, so when I say how long, meaning are you running a $10 million company? Are you running a $5 million company? Are you running a $500 million company? Okay, so when you are a $5 million company and you treat your accounting as your stepchild, that's where you are going to have your QuickBooks, right? Because accounting is not as important to you. You are running your operations. That's where this is really going to shine because all of your operations and the e-commerce sitting in one platform, and then you are figuring out accounting later on. So for those companies, this is a great platform because they are able to manage. And in that case, it is going to be source of truth. Okay. But then, you know, once you grow to, let's say, $8 million, $10 million revenue, and when you are going to have a lot more channels than just your Amazon, FBA, FBM, uh, you know, the DTC, and then if you are going to be integrating through EDI, that's where you are going to see real challenge with the platform. So their play is going to be in that five-ish uh, million dollar range, and they are trying to act as the ERP. They have literally used the word ERP. So they are not just the access platform. They are positioning themselves as the ERP. The only reason why we did not cover them as the ERP in our ERP show is because they are not an ERP. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would I would ask the question is where, you know, and I'm a businessman, so so I, I come back to, you know, the, the basic business questions and is the money flowing across this software? Is there actually a transaction? Are there actually tokens? Are they actually dealing with transactions? Are they actually dealing with the front end of the business? And I think that's another question that will lead you to what their functionality really is. So Phil, they definitely have AR and AP. You, you want to say, I, mean, I thought they actually had the accounting as well, to be honest, but it seems like they don't, at least I could not see on the screen. Or maybe yeah, they have, <laughs> but this is definitely an ERP. Like they are positioning. They have mm -hmm. mentioned them as ERP. In fact, I mean, we have reviewed a lot of com commentary from tech organization from Canada, and they are really good overall in their assessment in general. Okay, and they have done the review, and I have the screenshot of their assessment as well, and they have claimed that this is a cloud ERP. So we are going to discuss all of that. So right now, let's look at their journey overall. So they started somewhere in uh, 2014. And Phil, if you remember, this is the date that coincides with Acumatica. Acumatica became really big in somewhere around uh, 2015. That's when uh, you know they started. And after that, uh, they did a lot of work overall with Web Agility and Skibana. I think they were simply doing some marketing show. They did a funding round in somewhere in 2019. And then, they announced the Iski Vault integration. So I think you guys were talking a little bit about that, that, you know, what Iski Vault is, if I heard you guys correctly, that Iski Vault is going to be slightly more stronger in WMS. So they may not be strong in a lot of different areas. That's why they were sort of aligning them themselves with a lot of different platforms. Hey, you know what? If you don't like WMS functionality of Iskubana, how about I give you the, the piece of uh, Iski Vault a piece of Iskubana and then a piece of 10,000 other software. And then I'll give you an ERP. So that's how these platforms typically operate because obviously they are not going to have as, as rich functionality for each of the departments. I mean, if you are an e-commerce platform, my expectation is going to be at least be really, really good and deep at e-commerce. Okay, if you are an e-commerce platform, uh, 
okay, if you're WMS, be really, really good at that, okay? As opposed to doing a lot of things, uh, you know, that I am not able to figure out my, my architecture when I'm trying to buy you. That's my problem uh, with most of these platforms that are positioned in this category. But, you know, when you are, let's say, $5 million sharp, and, you know, as opposed to going for these best of breed software, you are getting a pre-integrated, uh, you know, software and on top of the systems that you might already be using, for example, QuickBooks. So this is a great deal, to be honest, okay? If you are that kind of 5 to $8 million shop, this is brilliant, amazing for those e-commerce companies. But obviously, you don't want to stay on this too, for too long because uh, this is not supposed to be an ERP system. This is a great e-commerce management platform for e-commerce merchant and sellers, but this is not meant to be an ERP system, not supposed to be providing you all the financial controls from the inventory perspective, from the transaction management perspective. So here, the biggest uh, you know, takeaway on this slide, Phil and, and Robert, is going to be that they got acquired by a company called 3PL Central. Now, this confuses me, okay? And the reason why this confuses me is because, okay, you are an e-commerce platform that means you are part of that manufacturing value chain okay you got manufacturer you have distributor you have reseller 3pl in general is slightly away from the traditional manufacturing value chain when i look at e-commerce i'm always thinking that manufacturing value chain i'm not thinking 3pl okay the 3pl meaning you are working with a lot of different transportation companies if you look at what 3pl central really is they are actually in 3pl space Okay, they are doing a lot more CPL. So again, why did they buy Skubana? And what is going to be happening to the customers that Skubana may already have? So now my expectation is going to be that they are probably trying to get some e-commerce capability because they might have CPL. But then what is going to be your product strategy in the long term? I am confused overall. And what is going to happen to those customers who already bought Skubana? Okay, <laughs> I am not too sure. Any any comments there by any chance, or I will move to the next one. It it actually makes sense to me, the, and the reason it does is in the revenue range that we're talking about. A lot of these companies cannot afford to go set up their own warehouses, and with the cost of shipping constantly going up, the only way that they can continue to compete if they are not Amazon FBA is they need a three PL partner. You know, if you've got an East Coast, a Central, and a West Coast distribution center for your product, you're going to get lower shipping costs. And 3PL, the, the purchaser, is betting on, you know what, we can grab these customers and we can just integrate and say, look, you buy our product and you can integrate with our warehouses or vice versa. Right. So let's see, if I'm the e-commerce merchant and I'm the CFO, of the e-commerce company. So how is it going to benefit me again, Robert? So if you're the, the CFO and you're looking at a way to improve your costs and improve visibility of what's going on, it depends on whether you are currently multi-warehouse or not. Most, most e-commerce companies that are not Amazon FBA are doing self-fulfilled shipping. And so the cost to ship from East Coast to West Coast is exorbitant. Shipping a, a Bose S1 speaker, two-day shipping from New York to California can be $71, which is 25% of the profit margin for that product. That's huge. And so to drop the cost of that, you go 3PL, you open up a West Coast warehouse, 
you start using ground shipping and your cost of shipping that speaker goes from $71 down to $22. And, and that's that's a huge issue for sure. I think that's well put. And especially because the expectation is that freight needs to look free to the consumer. Even though it's not free, it needs to look free, over $50 or whatever the policy is. But 3PL Central is not actually a 3PL company, I don't believe. It's a software company that's exactly. providing another platform, if you will. We're back on yeah. platforms that allow you to access all these different 3PLs and solve the problem that Robert was talking about, which is allowing a small company without a warehouse distribution system that they own or to, to be able to utilize those economies of scales to get their shipping costs competitive. And 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 to your question of how does it fit? Why would 3PL buy this particular company? They look to be almost competitors to me, but maybe they're, they're I'm sure they're smarter and more, I'm sure they had reasons. There must be a niche of customers or a niche of functionality that this fit into the 3PL central uh, uh, software platform for them to make that acquisition last year. So the customers that 3PL, my understanding of their customer is going to be, they are probably going to go after some of these 3PL shops. And these 3PL shops provide the fulfillment support for the e-commerce merchant that might be doing drop shipping. Okay, that's their target market. For Cubana, the target market was the real merchants. Okay, so the, the customer base was different. So how are those two going to fit again? So is 3PL going to uh, target more? Customers in the commerce market, Phil, or uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure there. <laughs> I, I, I don't have that answer. I would say I would go to just theory on this. And typically an acquisition is done either to, to buy customers and market space or to buy functionality product. So the, either they're one of those two things typically is drives an acquisition. So you mentioned the customer space. Maybe there's a niche they have, or maybe there's some functionality product that they have that adds to the 3PL centric uh, central uh, portfolio. So so I don't know that's for a fact, but those are kind of two common reasons that you would buy a company. Okay, amazing. So guys, let's look at uh, you know 3PL. So Phil, as you correctly pointed out, that you know 3PL is really in that software uh, space and they are really providing the software for those 3PL facilities. And I am still very confused overall. What is their corporate strategy going to be? Are they trying to attack new customer? Are they going to kill that market? Are they only going to utilize the software pieces that were good at warehouse management? And they are going to get rid of uh, you know, the other functionality that Iskimana was trying to target because obviously they were trying to go all over the place. And when you are trying to go all over the place, sometimes it could be very confusing. The product development is going to be much higher that the cost of product development is going to be much higher because you are trying to develop a lot of different features and i don't know if customers were really utilizing all of that so when you go deep in a specific market obviously you are going to have far more success so here in this particular case you know we have a little understanding of 3pl what their strategy was so i'm going to keep moving on the uh, other slides so here one of the things that i could find is they really integrate with a lot of different platforms, but for the most part, they all are going to be the apps that are going to be sitting on top of either Shopify ecosystem or it is going to be the QuickBooks ecosystem. Those are the apps that they were trying to target. But I mean, one of the advantage that you are going to get as part of this is these apps are going to be pre-integrated or you need to integrate and we are going to validate that with some of the reviews 
that we have, uh, you know, from the users in terms of what was their experience. Uh, but my understanding here is going to be that one of the advantage is going with this Cubana is going to be that all of those apps are probably going to be pre-integrated for 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 you so that you don't have to spend money as Phil, you correctly pointed out in integrating the WMS, the e-commerce, and then all of these channels that you have from the Amazon. Based on their, based on their customer targets that, and, and the reviews that are out there as well, they're, they're cost effective. If you, look at, if you look at the alternatives to these guys, it typically says more expensive. So they are trying to make this very cost effective for the customer who's just getting in to automating their, their work in this space. So let's so, look at Robert. I just want to make sure that um, whoever's listening to this understands because you've used like free integration and then cost effective. So um, for those listening, just making sure that you understand, Scubana has connected to the APIs for these apps. So you don't have to pay for that connection, but you probably still have to pay a fee to any of the apps that you want to use. So if you, if you go to their um, app page, it says like, Alloy Automation starting at $200 a month, Anvil starting at $600 a month, Barcode QuickShip starting at $100 per month. So these are all add-ons that can help improve the performance of Scubana, but again, they're all paid. And, yeah. and to bounce off that, Robert, there also might be, just because they've developed the core API doesn't mean there's not some system integration work that could also cost you to get the information you want on the calls between the two between the two software platforms. So so when I say cost effective, I was using that as comparative to other things. It's yep. not free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, one of the things I think that it's really important going back to what we were saying before about what this this platform is really platform or what Scubana is really doing is in their footer, it talks about solutions. It's got unified commerce, automated e-commerce operations, analytics, um, inventory management, inventory forecasting, and order management. That's it. So when you go on to each one of those pages and actually read kind of the, the the details of what they're talking about they do, I think this goes back to what you were saying, Sam, is they don't cover the payments. They don't cover the accounting. That's not included. And I think that's important from an ERP perspective. That needs to be included. Yeah, so payment is just one aspect of it. But I mean, if you go to Phil's comment about creating that source of truth and creating source of truth across the channels, you know, it's going to be really difficult. So they have a very basic functionality overall. Um, you know, if you're a $5 million Amazon seller, this could be okay, um, you know, because your volume is not as high. But when you get into the real, you know, $10, $15 million business, things get very, 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 very tricky to manage overall from the MRP planning perspective, from how you need to track your inventory, it gets really, really tricky. So we are going to look into all of that. And by the way, we are also going to look at the reviews as well, okay? Uh, in terms of what customers are feeling and which customers are feeling it to be right. So if you look at the reviews of users who are going to be in that five, $10 million range, and they are primarily selling through Amazon, they are going to absolutely love it because the system is really designed from their perspective. But if you look at a business that is going to be in $10 million range, and they might be slightly more sophisticated business, and they might be selling across multiple channels, they might not like it because they might be expecting, you know, slightly more ERPI functionality as opposed to very e-commerce functionality. So depending upon who you are as a business, I think you need to make that determination. Are you looking for that e-commerce platform? But again, the source of truth is going to be really, really, really important. Okay, if you are treating this as source of truth, 
I don't know if he can do all of that financial control and planning in this platform. And that would be my concern with this if you are going to be 10, 20, 50 million dollar business. They are really an ERP platform the way their screens are structured. They have inventory, they have the orders, you know, based on the view. It is not just the access platform. It's not some sort of technology platform. It is designed to be more of the ERP platform from the perspective of that Amazon seller. That's what they are trying to do here. So they have the orders, they have inventory, purchasing, shipment, customers. I don't see accounting, even though they are calling themselves as the ERP platform. I could not see in any of the demos if they also cover the accounting. Typically, in my mind, when I look at the ERP system, it's going to be, okay, your financial processes are going to be deeply integrated with your commerce and distribution process. That's what ERP means. So I don't know if they are full-blown ERP system. But I do think that if you, if you, if based on this screen, and and I'm making the assumption that there's good functionality where all those arrows are pointing, you could stand this, you could combine this with a QuickBooks financial platform and have a uh, have a pretty nice system for a business that's that's starting to scale, like you said, Sam. You know, from one million, ten million, whatever those magic numbers are. You, those two things actually feel pretty good to me. Right. But what is going to be where you are going to feel that this is probably not scaling with your growth is the question. So can you run a hundred million dollar company on this platform? There's a begin. There's a beginning and an end. Yeah, I, there, this is the type of thing that could really be helpful early, but then probably at some point you're going to outgrow it. But I that 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 might be more than the dollars. That also might be the velocity, the type of business. If you're expanding to different channels, if you're if you're starting to manage more complex inventory platforms versus having your basically a, a, a distribution platform using three PLs. So if it's a relatively reasonable sized business with a relatively straightforward channel to market, then I can see putting this on top of you know, a, a financial uh, system and having a pretty nice basis to run a business. Robert, I don't know if, if you have some opinions on that, but it, 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 it's not a bad spot. They've got that. If that's their lane, it's a pretty good lane. No, I, I, I think that you're right. You know, where that start and end is, is the question. So what they say is pricing starts out at $1,000 a month up to a thousand orders per month. If you want a more a better quote, then you have to talk to their account reps. So if you're doing more than a, let's say that you're doing ten thousand orders a month, is that in your ballpark financially? Is that what you're expecting? And is this going to help you get to the next level? Because that's really what you want to do. You're willing to pay for tools that will get you to where you want to go, right? And so but I, 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 I think that's a great point because it's probably more about how many SKUs are you trying to manage and what's the velocity? In other words, how many orders per month are you trying to manage? Probably more than what is the dollar size of your business? Because that, that's where you're going to overwhelm a system. It would seem you're going to overwhelm a system like this and need something more robust. Right. So I, I, I know a $20 million reseller that did 91,000 orders in a year. So that would be under this amount. I also know a $300 million seller that does significantly more and they've gone a different route. So it, your volume is really important. All right, guys, interesting comments. So I'm actually going to move to the next one unless you guys have any other comments. So here, uh, you know, we are looking at some of their screens. The screens are designed, again, more from the Amazon seller perspective. If you look at some of the KPIs that they have, in fact, I mean, I have personally never seen 
things such as master skew or the listing skew. So how is that going to be translated to the other channels? That is going to be a question in my mind. Let's say if I'm serving multiple channels, if I'm serving only Amazon, this is wonderful because it is all designed from that perspective. Then you have a lot of details from the Amazon channel specific details, right? So you have uh, the Amazon FN SKU, which is wonderful if I'm the Amazon seller. But you know, when you are looking at the centralized view of the inventory, you need to be serving all of your channels. And some of those channels may not even come to your, uh, your e-commerce platform if you are the e-commerce platform. If you are the ERP, then it's a different case. But again, let's say if you are trying to integrate with QuickBooks and you are trying to be an add-on, great strategy. Okay, but how long can you go on add-on? We all know that, you know, there are going to be significant integration issues. We have been talking about them time over time. The integration is always going to be the biggest nightmare of any system when you are going to buy. So in this particular case, how long can you stay on that integration is going to be a question in my mind. Now, some more screens and again, very, 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 uh, you know, Amazon specific SKUs. So again, if I'm running a $5 million Amazon business, this is wonderful platform. There is no question about that. But can I do my entire inventory if I am a sophisticated business that may have $2 million on Amazon channel? That would be my question overall on the platform. So that's interesting on that screen. They are they are putting margin there. So there is somewhere they're they're pulling in cogs and sell price. If you look on the right hand side of this particular screen and they're saying what the unit profit is. I don't like that term, but that's fine. And what the total profit is. So they are dealing with margin within this within this software, which is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, Phil, I don't know, you know if you have ever paid attention to Google Analytics. They also have sort of the revenue. Okay. They mark, they name themselves as the revenue. But actually, obviously, once you get a lead or the conversion, that's not a real revenue as such. But Google is branding them as revenue that you are earning revenue because of me. So these guys are saying profit margin, but I don't know if that is going to be a real profit margin. And that's where your ERP is going to be in play. Here, you are getting some data and you are claiming that this is a profit margin, probably from Amazon's perspective. The way, uh, the way you are getting this data from Amazon, because it is going to be integrated with that, and they are telling you what your profit margin is from their perspective, and that's how they might be displaying. But it may not be the real profit margin based on all of your costing and and, and inventory, and that's where the, the ERP play is going to be. I don't think they have all of that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great correction. So if they're just pulling this out of the Amazon information, then this is just sell price minus Amazon fees. Here's the revenue that the company's actually getting net Amazon fees. So it doesn't have their cogs, their cost of sales in there. So that makes that makes more sense to me. Exactly. So this is a very interesting Amazon perspective. If you're running an Amazon business, then I need my PL for that channel. Okay. So this is wonderful, sweet. But this is not your PL for your entire business. That's where my problem is with the platform. Okay. So I'm actually going to move to the next one. So here again, I am not really seeing the financials, even though we saw that okay, we have the profit margin there. So I don't know where they are getting that profit margin from. Most likely it is probably going to be specific to that channel. So obviously. They have warehouse, they have sales channels. Uh, you know, the perspective is very, very, very channel focused, as you might be able to see from the design of the software, the way it is designed. Uh, they have a bunch of pure templates, they have order bots. So they are able to do a lot of different automation, uh, you know, from the technical perspective. But when you look at the business workflows, I don't know if I can run my $10 million business that is going to do very deep pricing, costing, 
you know, accounting for the real distribution business, I'm, I can almost guarantee that this is probably, probably going to struggle with there. If I'm running very channel-specific business, it's probably going to be okay. So here's here's the question. So I have not seen the SKU entry screen or the channel distribution screen because each channel has very significant requirements for images, for title, for copy, for long description, short description. Um, you know, when you're running sales, is there a start sale date, end sale date, discounts, things like that? I haven't seen any of that. And so when you're a small seller, let's say you're just on Amazon, when you're a small seller, you've learned that doing your SEO aggressively on the title and on the content, the A-plus content, and having great images, this, the images specific to the Amazon size is what helps you sell more. So it's very skew dependent. So it's, it's you know, you're down, down in the weeds, right? And so if you're going to add another channel, let's say that you go to Walmart, the image and the text description sizes are different than Amazon. So you can't just say, let me take the Amazon content and shift that to Walmart, they're different. And you need to be able to take advantage of that. So if you're doing the big blast approach, you're making your revenue based on large SKU count as opposed to increasing your profit per SKU. So Robert, that's where my take is going to be that if you are an e-commerce platform, you should have those feature sets because that's where the e-commerce platforms really shine. So they probably don't have all of that. They have a lot more operational functionality where they are not going to be as strong. You are not going to be as strong as an ERP when you are going to be doing the costing, the, the profit margin, the way, the way Phil described, you know, the real PNL uh, of your business. You will not be able to do all of that. So you are better off doing all of what you described, and that should be part of the e-commerce platform. And that's where my problem is. Okay, are you an e-commerce platform? Are you an ERP? What are you in my architecture is my question. And that's where I'll be confused. But, but it's a really good point that both of you made that, it's one thing to say, I'm just going to go on Amazon. It's another thing to say that I'm going to try to market on multiple uh, um, outbound uh, um, uh, stores, if you will. There's no real PIM functionality to the first point that you made, Robert. So that's a, that's a, that's a pain in the butt you know, to manage without some sort of functionality. You'd think that would be here and it's not mentioned. And there's no individualizing the SKU management based on the different outbound uh, stores that I'm going to use and tailoring it to that related. So that, that's really interesting that given that they're trying to put themselves there, they're almost saying, I'm great to sell on Amazon, but if you want to sell on Amazon and Walmart and Target and all of these, it doesn't give you the functionality that makes your life a lot easier. I thought that was a really good point. And, right. and to your point about PIM, they also don't seem to have the dam, right? The digital asset management pulling from that. So it's it seems to be one store or one set of data per SKU and it gets distributed everywhere. All right, guys, great commentary there. So as you might be able to see, the if you look at the inventory functionality, they have a lot if you think the the depth of the the sort of the MRP function, okay, you are going to find a lot of different features that you will find in your ERP. But again, are you going to be able to get the same MRP experience that you are going to get from your ERP? Because that is going to have your costing, pricing, everything integrated as part of one, and all of the channels are going to go from there. So again, this is great if you are the Amazon seller, but if you are running your full-blown business, 
I don't know if you can really do that. And again, we are going to check some of the reviews. So let me move on to the next one. So here, this is the commentary. I guess this is coming from tech organization. And Phil, as you can clearly see here, they have called this as cloud-based ERP system. And in my mind, I don't see this as the ERP system. And the reason for that is because the financial processes are not necessarily built as part of the system. You are relying on the third-party system. And we all know that, you know, to your comment, this is really an add-on on top of QuickBooks as opposed to having the, the real ERP system that is going to be built as, you know, from the financial perspective. So here they are saying it comes with direct-to-consumer, wholesale, even brick-and-mortar sales support. So again, it, it is very, very, very biased towards uh, the commerce sellers. But again, you know, when you are going to have slightly more diverse business model, it's it's going to be really hard uh, to work with the system. So here they are saying users can expect to purchase materials, bundle items, fulfill orders. So they are offering a lot of procure to pay functionality as well, which is kind of great. But can I run my procurement organization, even if I'm like $10 million organization, it's going to be really hard, guys. You know, it's going to be super hard because the only thing it can do is it can recommend, okay, these are your POs and go figure out your procurement processes. That's not how procurement runs. Okay, Procurement typically has far deeper needs in general. The way they are going to be, uh, you know, structuring their wires, the way the vendor hierarchy is going to be inside their operational system, it gets very complicated. So obviously here, the only thing you are doing is you are simply getting the, the purchase order. And I don't know if you can literally receive financially when you are going to be receiving, you know, there is going to be some sort of financial implication. You don't have finance integrated as part of this. So what is going to happen? Am I going to be making API calls all the time with QuickBooks? I can see a lot of issues there. But again, if you are a $5 million business, great solution. But let's say if you are going to be 10, 20, whatever, then I don't know if this is going to work. So here they are saying conveniently browse a wide range of available third-party integration, enhancing their reach capabilities. We saw that they have a lot of different apps and the integrations. And then they are saying the it allows organizations to list their goods on multiple sales channels. I think that's where their sweet spot is. But Robert, to your point, I think they are going to struggle with that PIM functionality. And that is going to be, in my mind, if you are the e-commerce platform, you should probably build a far deeper functionality there, as opposed to trying to be an ERP system when you are really not an ERP system. Then they are saying the systems intelligent ordering tools help users avoid costly over and under ordering scenarios that can hurt productivity. And again, this is very MRP, okay? MRP is a very, very, very deep ERP functionality. And typically they are going to have very different hierarchies in the way these queues are going to be structured. All of that is not going to be part of this. And sure, again, if you are running the MRP for $5 million business, that's going to be okay. 10, $15 million, I'm, I'm not too sure. Then they are saying with the integration platform Zapier, Zapier is the integration platform that they are using. And typically that is used in the QuickBooks and the Shopify ecosystem, uh, you know, for the smaller sellers that is not designed to be doing the enterprise integration. When you get into the real enterprise integration, where you have to make sure each of the messages that you are sending across the system needs to be tracked, okay, from the transactional integrity perspective. I don't know if Zapier is really designed for that. Zapier is great when you are in integrating two websites and you don't really care, uh, you know, whether you are going to lose one message. Who cares if, you, if that's not, that does not have any sort of financial implications for you, then you are not going to care as much. But when you get into the real operational and financial integration, 
that's where your transactional integrity is going to be super critical that you you are not losing money because of some technology glitches okay i have some more slides and then we can take some comments so here in terms of the features they have a lot of them i did not see any sort of accounting so obviously the accounting is not really built as part of the platform uh, but then accounting processes are not going to be integrated the costing is going to be tricky i don't know how they are going to be doing the real receiving i don't know if they have that so that would be my concern overall uh, when you are going to grow again if you are an amazon seller 5 million dollar business great platform but not uh, you know beyond that point i guess so let's check some of the reviews in terms of what users are saying so here in the reviews they this is the 11 to 50 employees uh, it's the internet company which would mean they are commerce shop so here they are saying this is 3 years ago by the way okay too many required integration partners and connectors in order to use the software okay each integration partner and connector has additional integration in monthly fee okay and based on that you are going to get so many technical issues that you are going to be spending your life in those technical issues then running your business and when you are 5 million dollar business you are better off making calls than worrying about these technical issues and then you have all of these layers of fee and if you add all that up then all you know you are probably going to be closer to an erp especially if you are 5 million dollar business that could be okay but when you get to 10 million dollar uh, or 15 20 50 that's where you know you are going to see real issues there uh, overall from the integration perspective some are very expensive on their own and some are minimal but once you add up all of the integration partners and connectors required to make skubana function you will have a hard time justifying the cost uh, and the by the way they have called out inventory accuracy and i don't doubt them because obviously this is not really designed to run your enterprise game great or maybe even for 10 million dollar business uh, i would doubt if the they will be able to run the inventory the way your erp system is going to work and that's where the challenges are going to let's see some more reviews here so this is the this is another one this is coming as inefficient erp software in sales call we were told that we would have a warehouse management with inventory scanning uh, you know abilities but didn't exist okay possibly one of the worst support team so obviously support team is okay i mean i don't care for that a lot of erp companies are going to have problems because of that but overall from the feature set perspective where do they stand so here they are saying talking to support was one of the stressful things okay support uh, a lot of problems there now they are saying it is the perfect platform for our company and we don't know the size of this company what they are doing it's great to have all our marketplaces at one place and this is these are the customers that are really going to love the platform when you are running a marketplace business it is really designed for that but if you are anything more than marketplace then you are probably going to struggle it's all together keeping track of orders inventory and statistics okay so they said three things okay they did not say procurement or anything else so pay attention to the words if you are looking at this system uh, it can be a bit overwhelming if this system is overwhelming for you if you are going for acumatic and atri good luck with that because they are going to be 100 times far more complicated than this. okay and then you are looking at we are working on adding additional carrier into skibana so seems like yeah they are trying to do a lot of different things from cpl perspective some on more that, on that first on that first review that that's an expectation i i don't think that's a negative review on the software i think that's to your points you've made a couple times that the expectation was that it was going to have 
uh, w uh, warehouse management, and and that's really not what they're selling. It's an, it, they were oversold in order to get a negative review like that. The software is doing what the software is supposed to do, but they expected it to do more. Is my point. You know, going yeah. to something that you said earlier, Phil um, and Sam, that the dollar values that you're putting on here, I'm thinking that. The, the growth path that leads people here is if you're under $10 million in, in annual sales, then you very well may be unlike Excel. And so moving from Excel to this is a positive path. And then from this, you would move to you know an ERP system once you've grown past that. But the, the sales volume and your expectations, if you're a DTC, you can expect maybe 10% net on your sales profit. But if you're a reseller, it's going to be less. It's going to be like under five. It's going to be like, you know, three, four percent net. And so you have to sell significantly more for it to make sense for you to go to a bigger system. But, you know, I, I wholly agree that if you're on Excel, you need to get off that to grow you know, to grow your sales. Yeah, it's it's a, it's, more. it's a really right. nice step up from that starting point, Robert, 100%. And I think that's where Sam has been kind of circling the, the whole hour is that where does it fit? And it fits in this very, very good specific spot as an upgrade as you're starting to scale your business. And then the question that we've been trying to grapple with is where do you hit your head? Where's the ceiling on this? And and the fact that they are so focused on Amazon versus focused on managing multiple front-end platforms, for me, is the surprise. Instead of trying to be an ERP, be really good with those customers that are trying to sell on multiple store platforms and manage their inventory and get off the spreadsheets. And I think that you know, if they're if you're listening out there, Scubana, there's there's your there's your run to daylight, man. That that is really where you could shine. Phil, I, I have to agree with you. And I think I think the upper end is when they start to feel the pain in multi-channel and don't have access to a PIM or a DAM. I really think this is an interesting uh, software platform, if you will. I think that they got some great functionality. I'd love to see them stay in their lane and be great at what they do. Mm -hmm. And I think they really, really could attract a lot of interest. Yeah, I think I think they're too busy trying to spread their wings and do more less effectively if they dominated one and grow from that. And that's one of the things that I recommend to my clients. Get really good at one marketplace. And once you've got that covered, move to the next one. Don't go big guns all of them at once because then you won't understand what you've got. One thing, you know, is going to be always true about technology is it doesn't work when you really want, okay? So you really need to pay attention to what you're buying, okay? <laughs> Respect to the sales claims that these companies are going to make, okay? Technology is always tricky, so you really need to know what you're buying and where they are going to fit in the architecture. And that's how I'm going to conclude. Again, if you are that e-commerce seller, you are on these marketplaces, you know, for you, this is a great solution because it is really designed from your perspective. But again, if you're trying to run your business, then you are going to be a 10, 15 million, 20 million dollar business. Uh, it's going to be really tricky there. On that note, I really want to thank you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for your time. If you joined for the first time, this was part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We review one technology or the solution, and we always have an ex expert panel that is willing to share their insight and, and wisdom. So make sure you are not going to miss next week's show. We are going to be here. 
on that note, once again, thank you for your time and insights, Mike. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests, and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Phil Kerper, head over to ringlingbusinesssolutions.com. It's R-I-N-G-L-I-N-G-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.com. If you want to learn more about Robert Brown, head over to rgbecommerce.com. It's R-G-B-E-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Bernard Hoare, who shares his insights into the nuances of the South East Asian market. Also, the interview with Ingo Hagaman, who shares his insights into the integration challenges of ERP and e-commerce software. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.